0: Welcome to Documentary Die Diehards, the show where three sports fans break down one 30 for 30 documentary each and every episode. Uh, I'm Ren with Sam and Nick. We're reviewing Little Big Men, the 30 for 30 documentary produced by ESPN this week. Guys, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you, Ren? Pretty good. Going well over here.
0: It is the week of Thanksgiving. Getting ready for that. Um... Yeah, we're reviewing. What episode is this now? I always forget. It's nineteen or twenty. It's nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, almost to twenty. Almost to twenty-five. I never know which like landmark is the is the one that you hit in the twenties.
1: I guess twenty is a good one. Yeah, twenty is a good one. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's uh going really fast though. It's hard to believe that it's already almost twenty twenty-one.
0: I can't wait. yeah it's been a year that's
1: for sure yeah
0: um yeah anything else that we what's been going on
1: nothing Nothing, really i have i don't really have much to say i'm excited to uh enjoy thanksgiving even though it won't be like a normal thanksgiving and uh Mm -hmm. is anyone watching the rams bucks game right now
0: i've watched a little of it yeah. I don't know. It was like 14 fourteen fourteen last time I checked, but Okay.
2: Seventeen now. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh, this is interesting stuff. <laughs> Let's you know, jump right in, how about that?
1: Rand, didn't I beat you in fantasy last week? You wanna
0: talk about that at all or no? Oh shoot. Yeah, you did beat me in fantasy. I I was on a terrible losing streak that I finally snapped this this week, but yeah. You beat me. All right.
2: That's all I wanted to do. The curse of Michael
1: Thomas.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, did I? Did Michael Thomas.
1: Mm. All right. we can we can move on. All right. Let's, uh, let's just jump
0: right into this one. It's called Little Big Men. It is our 19th 30 for 30 documentary that we're reviewing. It's the 19th one ever produced. I actually wanted to bring up, they always say, like, the beginning of the documentary is, like, it's 30 filmmakers, 30 documentaries or something and like so like that was the do we need to do more research on like what the origin of this whole like why it's called 30 for 30 because like obviously there's been way more it did was that the plan for to end after 30 and then they just they just kept going
1: i i think so because if you look on their um wikipedia page there's like different volumes and so and on the top of the different volumes it says like on this date, ESPN decided to extend their 30 for 30 and, and do, like, a, another volume.
0: Oh. Was the first volume 30 episodes?
1: Yes. And then the next one was, oh, weird, 14 randomly. And yeah, so I I don't really know. I, I feel like the first 30 went so well that they're like, let's just extend this for as long as we can. Yeah. Which is still going yeah
0: i don't know yeah it's weird i i i wish there was a much more interesting reason why it's called 30 for 30 because it's a cool sounding name mm-hmm. anyway little big men is uh directed by al zemansky um it's set in 1982 the summer of 1982 uh it came out in 2010 as most of these have been lately. Um. Set in 1982, it kind of talks about the setting of, like, the 70s were wrapping up, Um, economy was bad, Miracle on Ice was two years ago. It talks about that a couple times. Um, It's about Little League Baseball, the Little League World Series, and it centers around this team from Kirkland, Washington, right outside Seattle that um, made it all the way to the championship game and won, and they beat uh, Taiwan, who had won – nine of the last 11 in this that certain streak right around their uh literally world series they were just dominant winning all the time um and they knocked off them and uh, cody webster was the main character he was like the star of the team pitcher home run hitter big kid um and it, it really is pretty straightforward uh the documentary it it talks about, you know, the ups and downs, the coaches they had, not unlike, you know, any, like, youth baseball or youth sport, like, success story. And then after they win it, it's kind of interesting because, like, they finished up, they won it, and it was kind of like the movie was less, was probably, like, less than two-thirds over. And so I was like, I checked it, and I was like, yeah, the, they're winning the World Series, like, earlier than a normal, like, you know, route would go. And then they kind of jumped into the the storyline of the Cody Webster kid who we mentioned, who um, kind of like ultimately he quit baseball like a year and a half later. He, he kept quitting and coming back, but he was like, you know, he, he had a whole bunch of pressure on him because he was like the star and the whole country kind of knew who he was. And, and um, he like, he got, you know, yelled derogatory things at him during games during high school games middle school games you know other things like that and just kind of they talked about all the the spotlight the goods and the bads and and they have a whole bunch of interviews with him him driving on his car um, of a present day back in 2010 when this was produced of how he just him reflecting on that a lot and so that's what kind of the last third plus of the movie was um so it was basically like Little League World Series winning um, the national or international championship. And then the last part of the movie is kind of the not so fun stuff that went along with it for the star of the team. Uh, Nick, what was your kind of takeaways right away?
2: I thought it was cool that the uh, uh, team still seems pretty... Um, like to have good chemistry between everybody, um, with the interviews even so much later. Um, I thought the uh Corey Webster was the name, right? The main guy. Um, how I I, I thought it was interesting his demeanor throughout the whole thing, both from when he was a kid, uh, but then also um even in his interviews. At first I was skeptical and like well, like they talked about him being humble and uh, not really wanting to say that he was like, you know, the big dog on the team. And at first I was skeptical because I was like, well, yeah, he's getting interviewed. Uh, like he has, you know, awareness now. So, um, you know, that's easy to say now. But even when you go back in the interviews, you can tell that um, – and they focused on that in the last third of the documentary as far as his um, his personality and how he wasn't all for the uh, limelight. Uh, and he, you know, rather would be that uh, offensive lineman. Um, and kind of behind the scenes, so um, I thought it was interesting how they focused on the, uh, the personalities of each person or at least uh, them as a you know people now uh, more than just players back then.
1: yeah, I really um, agree with you there. I, I thought it was fascinating to see the relationships and um, to see how um, baseball had impacted all of them and Um, still was a big part of their lives to this day. Um, Another takeaway I had is just that um, all those childhood memories are really important. And like, you can tell by just the emotion um, that all of these guys have. I mean, obviously it was such a great event in their lives that they, they were, you know, Little League world series champions, which is incredible and um, quite the feat, but it was also just, them talking about all the good times that they had, talking about um their coaches. They had two great coaches and one of them passed away in the nineties. Um and players are still getting emotional talking about him and that's twenty years after he passed away and um and, and so it's just cool to see um the impact of sports on the lives of kids back then and also um you know it's still impacting them to this day.
0: Yeah, they had those two coaches um that I think it was just the two and they like quit their jobs to coach them that summer. Like they worked on like the docs or something. I forget. There were some sort of industrial jobs and they literally both just quit, quit their jobs and coach these kids for, it had to be at least three, four five months in the summer. Like how that's crazy. Um, when I was in League, like, it was just bunch of dads and they're there you know part-time obviously it wasn't like a huge commitment but it's insane i can't even imagine doing that
2: yeah what do they say they practice for eight hours a day
0: yeah i was gonna bring that up too that's insane that would never fly today
2: oh no and that was another thing too throughout this whole thing i was like how many pitches do you think that kid pitched yes. and there's no way that he would like his pitch count would have uh you know flied in in anything in the last five or ten years. <laughs>
1: I, know. That's what I was thinking too, because I remember when, you know, when we were in Little League, there was always uh, a pitch restriction. And so your good pitcher might throw three innings one game and then come back and throw three innings the next game, or, you know, maybe go the complete game and then they couldn't pitch for like two games after that. Um, and it made me wonder, like, I wonder if this kid was one of the reasons why, because every, I don't think we ever saw another player pitch in the highlights. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he pitched every single inning that we saw and um, including, you know, the big championship game against Taiwan, so.
0: Yeah, he was talking about – that just reminded me. He was talking about, I think, against the game against Taiwan. He was like, yeah, my curveball was working. And, I, I, I mean, I've watched the Little League World Series a lot. It's a great event on ESPN. It's awesome. And the, the kids are always – they're throwing their curves. And I always shake my head because I, I don't believe in kids throwing curves until like ninth grade just because especially like in these tournaments like they're getting so worn out and the elbow is so weak and anyone and like i mean they're filthy but like like it's fu- it's crazy to watch these kids do these nasty curveballs but like it's so dangerous for their future arm i mean nick you know better than me but like
2: yeah i mean watching watching him even throw i was like oh like that that elbow is just flailing out there uh huge uh you know force to the medial shoulder which is or sorry medial elbow which is right where the ucl is which is the tommy john surgery and um yeah i was just like oh gosh like (laughs) just kind of cringing every time i saw him throw that big uh curveball especially
0: yeah I mean, I'm sure we all played with people that threw curveballs. Like, I couldn't really throw a curveball. I tried, but I didn't really pitch that often. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, just how it goes. I think, I mean, it's still how it goes. Um, Do you guys see the helmet on the kid's head? He he was only, like, 5'7", but he was, like, I don't know, 190 pounds or something, the big kid, Cody Webster, the main character. He wore the helmet, and it looked like a little toy hat on a toy, like a dog or something. It did not even fit in his head.
1: Yeah. You could just (laughs) tell how much bigger he was than everybody else. Like, when they're celebrating at the end, they're all just, like, jumping on him, and just, there's, like, three kids, like, draped around him, and he's just jumping up and down like it's nothing.
0: (laughs) He's lifting these kids up like they're his kids. (laughs) I mean, I've seen in the Little League World Series watching it, like I've seen like six foot two kids before. These like 13 year olds. Insane.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. And it's funny because we can all probably look back at our Little League experience and like think of the kid in our hometown who was, you know, not at that level, but at a level where you were afraid to step into the batter's box because they were throwing like 70 and you're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> batter's box shaking, just hoping to lay a bunt down and, and uh, Get a base hit, but I can. I was thinking back and I was like, I can remember like a couple different pitchers in my career that I was just terrified to play. (laughs) I understood the feeling that everybody who faced him was going through.
0: Yeah. I mean, what they say he met, he the max he ever
1: hit in that year was 79 or something, which which is equivalent to like upper 90s in Major League Baseball with the pitch or the mound.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you, did you guys ever get like goosebumps? Uh, for me, like I got goosebumps. I think just you know when all the parents were talking about when they're in the championship game, just because. I mean, I think like with kids, like it's so much easier to like feel like how crazy it's like special like that moment is than if it's like the real world series.
2: It was cool to see the parents. <clears throat> um you know still going through that book and uh how much pride and and just like the memories that they had uh seeing you know their kids go through those experiences and um and just like how proud they were of that so um yeah I don't know that that kind of stuck out to me
1: I was just gonna say the same thing actually Rudy that um the thing that sticks out to me the moment that I was like wow this is really cool is Watching the parents with that massive scrapbook, like how much time it took just to create that scrapbook and um and that's also what I said earlier about like these moments being you know everyone's like, oh, it's just literally league baseball, but at the same time it like leaves an impact on not o- not only the kids but the parents and like in this case the community too which which is pretty cool and powerful
0: i uh So when I worked in Hawaii, the Hawaii team, one of the Hawaii teams, won the World Series. And it was in 2018.
1: Yeah. I remember that. I think I remember a good amount about that, right? Yeah. I mean, because it was
0: like insane. It was mayhem. They were, for like months after, they were, you could just see them at stuff. Like they're at every like football game, like throwing out the first pitch. like. Grocery store, like they would have events, blah blah blah. But yeah, I mean, we did the we did like the, um, per, uh, airport when they got back, and it was like insane. It was packed, and they had this whole like, I mean, the governor was there, like the freaking mayor was there, like it was it was wild. And then these kids, like, were celebrities. Obviously, and Hawaii is very, uh, you know, love your own culture, and, which is awesome. And like, there's like so, like, the – one of the stars, like, it – like, he was – I don't know. It was crazy. He, like, he was at everything, and, he like, he would see them everywhere. And, like, the one that I'm thinking of who was, like, the charismatic fan favorite, uh, like, jokester on the team, and he was, like, one of the better players. Like, he loved it all. Like, you know, like, <laughs> he, he, like, soaked it all up. So it was kind of the opposite of the uh, – this – this, this documentary the cody webster who described himself as a shy kid and um he was sitting on top of the car at, at the parade and he kind of was like you know he, he didn't necessarily love it, it was, i'm sure he enjoyed it but um it did they so they what do you guys think of the whole cody webster storyline they hinted at the beginning like at the very top of the movie right they they there was like they were like saying like yeah, and I got called this and this and this right as their movie was starting, their little clips. And like they're just getting called names and blah. How do you think that, what do you think, Nick, how that played out from beginning to end and how it was, how the story was told, I guess?
2: Yeah, just, um, it was obviously the the huge focus of back then. And so I guess it made sense that it was also the documentary focus or kind of the timeline or kind of wrapping everything up through him. Um, yeah. What'd you think, Sam? Um,
1: so I guess I was kind of thinking that it, he was going to be or go through the hard time like during the season that in which they won the little league world I, I
2: was curious if if they were going to lose just because i didn't i didn't look up or or do any research before i was you know confident that they won but um not super confident so the young know, kind of got me wondering just kind of you know like some other uh documentaries that we've seen
1: right and and so i was also just wondering like did this did these hard times that they're talking about did that happen during and then obviously it ended up being afterward that he goes through the hard time. And, um, you know, they talk a lot about how parents on like opposing teams were pretty brutal to him. And I just couldn't believe that. Like how this kid's like 12, 13, 14 years old. How do you, as an opposing parent, I guess give crap to like a 13 and 14 year old kid. It just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. It's
0: crazy. Um, they, yeah, it was a little weird, like Nick was saying, I, I thought they would um have it have the movie end with the winning of the championship, and especially, like, they were, like, we're down to the last batter, and I thought he was going to, like, the, there was going to be, like, a liner hit back at him or something. I was like, that must be it, because they, like, everything, like, was leaning up to that moment, and then nothing happened, and he won, and then they kind of just told it what happened in the coming years uh, via the interviews and stuff, so... I didn't really like how it was put together. Um, I, I mean, there's a, a, several other critiques I have. There was this narrator that I, the, the script, the narrator was not very good. I didn't like it. And the narrator was, was whispering, which is weird. So <laughs>
2: but, I agree with that. I also thought the background music was way too loud. I don't know if you guys noticed that at all, but I was just like trying to understand. And then it was like the music, like I turned it up and the music was loud. And then it would get louder too. And I was like, oh, it's just the kind of the balance. The audio mix was, yeah, it wasn't great. And then there was that really bad camera angle. And the one guy started crying. And then it, like, it got closer and closer and closer. And then panned away a little bit. And then it got closer again just because the guy was, like, crying. And it was, like, probably 30 seconds. But it felt
1: like eternity and i thought it was really bad (laughs) the the narrator bugged me i did notice the loud music but the thing that really bugged me the most was um the background of all the interviews (laughs) it was literally like in a dark dingy room that looked like it was in like the basement of some like town hall yeah it
2: was a sketchy like community center
1: yeah and it was, like, this super dark background. Like, they didn't turn any lights on in the background. It was, like, what is this? And why couldn't you have just, like, gone against a brick wall? Or I something? know, and I was trying to figure
0: that out, too. They had them all in this. I mean, it was obviously, like, this, this intentional choice. They're, so like, oh, yeah, let's have you bring you guys all into what I can only imagine was, like, somewhere in their high school or elementary gym, elementary school gym. Or I don't know. I
2: was wondering if it was a green screen
0: no it it wasn't a green screen i mean that would have been really bad if it was yeah but yeah it was like a church basement it was like what and yeah it was like poorly lit like you said and obviously they're going for like a casual i mean the whole thing was like it had old video and and they put the grainy filter over new video and stuff um yeah, I don't know. My biggest issue was just the structure of it. How you were checked out by the time they won the championship, and and mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't really structure it accurate or um, as well as they could have. So that was my biggest beef with it. Any other notes you guys have? We can get uh, to the ratings if you want.
1: Yeah, I, I'm good with that. Um, I guess one thing I did want to talk about quick is like how it kind of brought the whole country together, which I thought was interesting. Like, you wouldn't really see that in the U.S. today, I don't think, but because Taiwan had made such a run and nine of 11, and even during the championship game, they, they show. You know, the, the stands, they're like two thirds full probably, or the outfield area where people can come and sit and watch. Um, wasn't super packed. And then all of a sudden um, word starts to get out that the U.S. team might actually win. And all of a sudden, like they show it again and it's packed. And it, they said it probably went from like 30,000 to 40,000. Um, and so what, what were your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I was like, "How does that Williamsport sport hold forty thousand? That's insane."
1: Yeah,
0: um, which I mean,
1: that was super
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, you can go ahead, but I was just gonna say, I did think it was overplayed a little. Like, it was a little league World Series. Like, this didn't bring the whole country together, though. To an extent, I'm sure it was, you know, national news, mm-hmm.
2: but like, they- I, yeah. They downplayed Miracle (laughs) to upplay Little League World Series. And I was like, I was not alive, but I call BS on that. (laughs) (laughs) I yeah, like Miracle, it was like it was a blip on the radar, but America needed more.
0: (laughs) I exactly. I thought that was a whole kind of theme throughout the whole thing was they also played up how big and dramatic this emotional trauma this kid was going to go through i thought he was going to like get sick or something bad um like really bad or
2: or he was gonna like i was thinking get into drugs depression you know like things like that
0: and i mean he's you know i mean i'm sure it was bad but like either they just made it seem like it was going to be extremely you know bad like extremely vicious stuff that happened to him. So right. yeah, there was there is some uh and obviously you gotta sell your documentary. You don't wanna you, you know
1: that's but, what I was going to say too. It's like um like it's it's a documentary made about the Little League World series and it's like it, it's not, it's not the regular world series. It's not like anything like super, super crazy, but you, so you have to like make it kind of a little bit more dramatic or make it seem like it was a little bit bigger of a deal probably. Kind of like Silly Little Game, um, the fantasy baseball um, documentary, like they had to make it more dramatic and stuff because it's like a story worth telling, but it might not be as interesting if they don't that makes sense that's how i viewed it at least yeah makes sense all right so
0: let's get to our ultimate rating i can go first um i'm giving it a 5.1 scrapbooks um middle of the road uh not super great uh just a lot of those structural issues i had and yeah i, I mean i think i think i think it was overplayed a little some there was i think a line early when it said like this like in like it was just talking about how big this impact was which i thought was a bit over the top so 5.1 um nick what, what about you
2: yeah um similar i kind of had my uh, or i already stated some of my uh, frustrations or just what I, my thoughts as far as things go nothing really splashed out to me um about this i didn't really l- I don't know. They. I feel like we got to the climax and and, then, and everything so soon. And then it was like still 20 minutes left, and I didn't know where we were going. Uh, as far as uh, you know, after the uh, um, you know baseball game and uh, and the championship, um, we kind of hit my rating system before too. So I'm gonna give it a 4.6. Uh, sketchy backgrounds.
0: Yeah, look like a prison cell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sam?
1: All right, so yeah, I'm in line with you guys. I um, I, I thought it was a good story. Um, it was the first. It was one of the first documentaries where um, I liked the story, but I didn't like how it was produced. I guess so. I was kind of thinking to myself, like, oh, it'd be cool if I could do like a production rating, and then like. Quality of the story rating um thats that was the first time I really had that thought of separating it um but yeah um and I did like the fact it was just different and a little league story, which is pretty cool um didn't really know anything about it, so I went with uh six point one Taiwanese bows <laughs> nice, yeah, they talked
0: about how they would bow every time they came to the plate or something
1: yeah, and so I liked that
0: nice. So fairly low. It's not obviously one we're going to, when people ask us, Hey, you guys are doing this. What's a good po- or a documentary. We're not going to you know, bring that one up right away, but um, it's cool to have seen it. Um, yeah. So we talked about Thanksgiving coming up. We're on lock here, but we still can eat some food. So we're doing Thanksgiving foods, Mount Rushmore. Um, we did Halloween candy. We did um, Labor Day. Uh, There's no Labor Day food. We just did uh, Halloween candy. So, T-Day Foods. uh, Mount Rushmore. I think Nick starts us off?
1: No, I do, actually. Sam, all right. I get all the good ones, the ones that I, like, desperately want the first pick. (laughs) So, I I feel good about it. Um, First overall pick, this is easy for me. Um, It's the thing I take, like, ten helpings of every time I'm at a holiday meal, and that is mashed potatoes. Um, throw gravy on it. You can throw butter on it. Um, pretty much throw anything on it, and I'll eat it. So that's, that's my pick. Love it. Nice. Uh, Nick?
2: Mm. Mashed potatoes, that's a good one. I'm going to go uh, with um, green bean casserole wow yeah.
0: your favorite thanksgiving food
2: yeah i've been it's been it's been a uh i don't know i've just been loving it in the last like couple of years i never really had it before you know probably five years ago but the last like two years it's just been like top notch
1: interesting that's i just look at it like i'm glad you picked that one because I <laughs> yeah for the most part <laughs> I can't believe I'm
0: getting stuffing. Oh, no, I'm not getting stuffing. Yeah, I am. It's my turn, right? Mm -hmm. I'm getting stuffing with the third overall pick. The best. Dude, stuffing is something you never eat except for the third Thursday or whatever in November. But it's so good. It's like, it's just like bread, right? It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. You're like
1: Celtics right now, just taking Jason T- Jason Tatum with the third overall pick. <laughs> <laughs> third yeah, start. he's there. How, you're-
0: <laughs> that shouldn't. That's a. It's a travesty that it fell that far, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, stuffing, and then I gotta go. Snake order, so my turn again. I'm going cranberry sauce. Um, I love good cranberry sauce. I'm not a big uh, canned you know, jelly, shape-of-a-can guy. Though, I mean, it's not terrible, but, I mean, we've always had, like, homemade, and it's super good. Um, Yeah, I mean, stuffing and cranberry sauce, staples of a Thanksgiving day meal. We still have one main staple left.
1: You, uh, isn't there, like, a chunky and then, like, a smooth one?
0: Yeah, I like the chunky kind with, like, cranberries that are still, like, it's a mixture of, like, the sauce has chunks and
2: yeah. Sure. I don't think I've ever had that. No? I hmm. don't think we've ever even had it at our place. Just eat tons of green beans. <laughs> <laughs> I green beans. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Alright, who's next? Well, One thing we do have is pumpkin pie. No. So <laughs> Nice.
0: Oh, that's on track.
1: That hurts a lot. That was.
2: I don't need to say anymore. We all know.
1: (laughs) I thought I was gonna sneak that one by, and I was gonna celebrate like Ren just celebrated with his stuff. (laughs) So maybe more. (laughs) Um, Okay, hold on. I gotta pull it up here. All right, I'm just gonna go with the classic here. A lot of people don't like it, but I freaking love it. Turkey. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm more of a white meat kind of guy. But I can dabble with a little bit of the dark meat. What are you guys? Doing? Dark
2: meat all the way. For sure. Yeah, what's the matter with you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I'm weird, I guess.
2: <laughs> white meat like throw some gravy on that then, right?
1: Yeah, oh, white, white uh, meat with gravy is my good Yeah. All right, well... I guess then I will go with the third pick. My third pick, I'm gonna go with just a nice dinner roll, because hmm. I love a warm dinner roll. Throw some butter on it, dip it in your mashed potatoes and gravy.
0: Kidding me? Starch, carbs. <laughs>
1: exactly. I wanna <laughs> love be, it. <laughs> I wanna pass out when this meal's over. That's my goal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's the thing in Turkey that makes you pass out? It's like a wizard? What? <laughs> what <are you> <laughs> no, that's like a chemical.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I don't know what it is.
0: <laughs> I can't remember. Oh well. Uh is it Nick Nick your Uh
2: yeah. Uh cheesy potatoes. Interesting.
0: I've not had those at Thanksgiving.
2: Uh yeah, I feel like we have it at every uh a uh, family meal, or at least on uh my wife's side, so
0: wait, describe them then. So I just want to make sure I'm thinking of what you are.
2: Um like uh uh like hash browns, uh with like cheese and sour cream or top potato um in like a crock pot.
1: Sure. And then usually they might or sometimes they throw like cornflakes on top too. Have
2: you seen yeah. that? Yeah. Or in the oven, I should say, too, yeah. Man, we're in the Midwest, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Top <Updater. laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, my turn. Wait, these are my second or third and fourth? Yep, two-four. Um, Thanks. Everyone's gone. I'm going Lefsa. You guys have Lefsa?
1: Wow, oh, Lefts. I wasn't expecting that. I have had Lefts. So my grandma used to make Lefts all the time. Nice. Yeah, it's so
0: good. It's, uh, that's another thing that's, I mean, kind of Minnesotan, upper here area. It's, it's Scandinavian in origin. It's like potato, whatever, in a circle with some butter.
1: It's like a potato tortilla, kind right? sort of. Sure. Yeah.
0: That's- it's super good. Um, so and
1: Butter, or what do you put on it? So, okay.
0: I like it just butter. I mean a lot of people do it with like um butter and sugar uh-huh. um but I prefer it with just just butter and then dip it in cranberry sauce. it's good
1: oh, interesting. I've never done that before yeah
0: it's uh delicious good and food. i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna
0: go creamed corn with my last pick um Obviously not my favorite thing, but like that's another thing that I'll definitely get when I like go for seconds. I'll definitely get some of that. Um usually my seconds is like I'll leave out some things, but it's usually cream corn and stuffing and then maybe some other things. But those are the go tos. Hmm.
1: So
0: yeah.
2: All right, Nick. And, uh, I've never had this, um, but you know, probably a few years ago I realized that People consider this a Thanksgiving uh, meal side, uh, and so mac and cheese. I'm, I don't know if I've ever had it for Thanksgiving or like, anyone's ever made it. I don't know if that's a staple in your guys's family, but
1: we were actually going to make that this this year when we were going to host. Um, so I've definitely heard of it before and and had it before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've never had it for
0: Thanksgiving either. Is that is that like more of a Southern thing? Do you think or is it? I think just...
2: so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like. Um yeah, with like cornbread, um as well. Like I, I I maybe had cornbread a few times with Thanksgiving meal, but I feel like that is more of a southern thing from what I've been told.
1: Yeah. All right, I'm gonna round us out here and I'm gonna take the steel of the draft. I'm just gonna take gravy. Just straight up gravy.
2: Straight up sodium.
1: Nice. <laughs> straight sodium it's like when you think of thanksgiving you just think of things smaller than in gravy at least i do yeah i'm just gonna end it with that that's a good one yeah i uh i feel like there's never enough gravy (laughs) that's probably true yeah or there's like way too much and so you just (laughs) have like gravy in your fridge for like a year
0: (laughs) just drinking it like coffee
1: yeah exactly
0: well, that is um, our Mount Rushmore. you want to give us a summary?
1: Yes. I had the first overall pick, and I went mashed potatoes, turkey, dinner rolls, and gravy. Nick went green bean casserole, pumpkin pie, cheesy potatoes, and mac and cheese. And Ren went stuffing and was really excited about it. Cranberry sauce, lefsa, and cream corn.
0: Sweet. I am. I'm hungry now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, let's move on to our documentary wish list, um, a documentary we think should be made in the future. Uh, Nick, you're up this week. What do you have?
2: Yeah, so what if I told you guys that the best dynasty has never been captured on a documentary? I'm talking about John Wooden and the UCLA basketball team.
0: Okay.
2: I did some brief research, didn't really find a whole lot on it. Or at least nothing that a, I I think HBO might've had like a small one out, but, um, you know, nothing like, uh, ESPN or anything like that. And I feel like for the, for how successful they were, uh, 10 championships over 12 years, uh, including seven straight at one point. Um, all of the big name players that came from that, uh, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, uh, and then how big their uh, uh, their coach was uh, from the standpoint of um, just you know how heavily respected his name is, um, his his philosophies, that sort of uh, thing, um, just everything around John Wooden, uh, and then what uh, what led to UCLA basketball. Uh, I think would be super interesting uh, in the documentary you'll look at.
0: So, what about what general time frame is that? I'm not super familiar. I mean, obviously, I can kind of guess from
2: the. Yeah, day. so it's, um, I believe in the 60s. Let me look here. Um, so, he was at UCLA from 48 to 75. Uh, he won the champion or uh, NCAA champion. Um, in 64, 65, uh, 67 through 73, uh, and then 75 as well. Dang, that's
1: a lot. Yeah, that's wild. And I'm just really fascinated with John Wooden in general. Actually, recently I had someone recommend a couple books to me about John Wooden and like leadership and yeah. just how amazing of a leader he was. And so, if they could capture that in the documentary, that would be really cool too.
2: For sure. The pyramid of success. That's a good
1: idea.
0: Yeah.
1: I like that. Um, I was just going to tell a little story. I, uh, so I get excited about these doc wish lists and like at now I'll hear like little stories or whatever. I'll read something in an article and be like, Oh, like that could potentially be like one of my future doc wish list things. Right. And so today I was reading, um, an article, and it started talking about um, this scandal that happened in, like, the 70s about Boston College basketball and, like, point shaving and how three players got in trouble for point shaving on Boston College, uh, their roster. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've never heard of that. That's so cool. I need to look it up. So I started looking it up, and I'm, like, preparing to, like, punch it into our document to, like, save it for later. And then I'm punching it up, and it turns out that it's already at ESPN 30 for 30. so it's like episode 60 something so we get to watch all about it which is
0: it's a circle it's cyclical it's
1: (laughs) it is it's like you think you're coming up with something new but you're not so
0: (laughs) that's how you know we're in tune with the 30 for 30 (laughs) mindset
1: it's very true yeah so i thought that was cool All right, Sweet. should I go over the next one? Yeah, bring us home with the, uh, what we're going to do next time. Okay, so we are on episode 20, and it's called One Night in Vegas. Uh, it sounds really interesting. It says, the friendship of boxer Mike Tyson and rapper Tupac Shakir and the night of September seventh, nineteen 1996, when Tupac was murdered after attending the Tyson-Bruce Seldon fight in Las Vegas. So, I did not know that he was murdered um after attending a Mike tyson fight
0: yeah that's uh that's a good one. I thought that when you said it was one night in Vegas was called I thought you were gonna be like it was gonna be a documentary about when you met Lincoln Riley at, in vegas but uh, that's <laughs> now, yet to be made twenty
2: twenty one yeah <laughs> um, it is yeah. his uh, documentary wish list next week, I believe so. <laughs> yeah i spoiled it
0: um oh, th-
1: oh go ahead no, nice. i was
0: just i was just gonna say that this is all assuming that tupac is really dead some people say he's not dead right
1: that's true maybe we should yeah. talk about that next week for a little yeah. bit conspiracy theories Mm-hmm. well rush more conspiracy theories oh Ooh, that's a good one let's do it nice
0: <laughs> there's the tease for you
1: yes uh what I was just gonna say though, kind of a funny coincidence. This morning I was watching Good Morning America and Mike Tyson was on because he's about to fight again. Have you guys seen this? Oh, no, mm-hmm. that's coming up. Yeah, so I don't remember exactly when. But anyways, mid mid-interview, the dude just rips off his shirt and just like starts flexing and stuff. He's like, Look at me, I'm so fit.
0: Oh my <laughs>
1: god. Yeah, the interview, he was just like, you could tell like throughout the interview, he was kind of just really trying to direct the conversation and be like, don't say anything dumb, Mike Tyson, don't say anything dumb. <laughs> and then he asked him about like his fitness levels and Mike Tyson just like takes his shirt off and he's like, do I look fit? <laughs> so then he's stood in there shirtless for like five minutes and you could tell that the inter- interviewer was just like, what is happening right <laughs> now? This is good I'm morning. Wow. Millions of people are probably watching this, like with their families as they wake up in the morning.
0: <laughs> He's in- actually insane, though. Yes, that's that's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, more okay. of that okay. next week. <laughs> okay. Let's
1: talk about <laughs> a lot next week. So, all right, this was good. Ha- happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, same to you, and our listeners. and Subscribe on Instagram and hit us up with reviews. And-